You guys may not know this, but I had a podcast in the past, and it was a fun thing to do, but it was a challenge to get my podcast to all the locations where everybody listened to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the such were just a lot of work to manage to get everything where it needed to be. Now, though, I found Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too so that you can get paid to podcast. How awesome is that? Honestly, I'm really happy to find Anchor again because I love podcasting. I love talking about what I do and sharing with you all the things that I like to do as well. So if you're interested in starting a podcast like I am, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start and join today for your free podcast and become part of the community. I can't wait to hear what you put out on anchor.fm slash start. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to this episode of Elevated Office. This is Season 1, Episode 9. My name is Eric McGrew. I'm the host of the show. I'm also the owner of Eric Street Service in Montrose, Colorado. And today, the whole show is on stump grinding. First, we'll talk about a DIY product and go over a review of that. And then we'll talk about some things you might want to keep in mind to keep yourself safe, to bid well, and also to make sure that the customer knows what to expect and what they can do to help you out for stump grinding. So today's product is a little bit different because usually I'd be going over like products that I bought or whatever and I'm talking to you about them. And honestly, this is a product I just couldn't bring myself to buy. I read so many reviews and um, looked up and talked to a few people online that I know that are into tree service stuff. And I just couldn't justify the cost of purchasing it when the reviews weren't real great for it. So that being said, some people love stump grinding guards or the shields, the mesh trifold um, barriers that you can buy. Um, overall, overwhelmingly so, I found that most people said for the price you pay, the quality just isn't there. And that's not just Amazon, that's like all of the companies that sell them. It seems like the tubing doesn't go together really well. They don't last very long. The mesh starts to tear. And they're not cheap. Um, at least they weren't last time I looked at them. So, with that in mind, what I did is I went ahead and I purchased some three-quarter inch plywood. I bought one sheet of eight foot. And then I cut it into um, four sections of two by four. So, two foot wide four or two foot deep, four foot wide, whatever you want to call it. And then I bought four industrial or heavy-duty door hinges. And then I just bought a little box of drywall screws and I screwed the hinges to two pieces to make them, you know, like a, a two-piece fold. And now I use those as my stump grinding guard. So they're four foot high and they're four foot wide. And you can nest them one just slightly behind the other. 
and then they become, you know, four or um, eight foot wide or six foot wide, really, because you don't, you can't put them flat completely or they'll fall over, but you have to turn each of the outside wings a little bit and they stand up straight and you can get them, you know, closer together, further apart. And these things, because they're three quarter inch are just, they have enough weight to hold themselves. So I have yet to have them fall over due to being hit by a rock or a piece of, um, stump or something like that. But I do know that, um, Every once in a while, I hit them with the head of my stump grinder, and they fall over. And the reason that occurs is because I try to put them really close when I'm close to, like, big windows or something in a building. Or when there are vehicles around when it's a public parking lot and I can't block the whole thing off. So, um, the the thing is, is that um, you have less stability when they are two panels with a hinge in the center versus... If it was three panels with two sets of hinges, if that makes sense. Um, So you could design them that way if you wanted. I didn't want to do that for multiple reasons. One reason I didn't want to do that was because I felt I got more functionality and adjustment with them being just two panels with hinges on them. And then I could uh, slide them in when they're nested and slide them further out to to give barriers. Um, I also felt like I could angle them differently and protect debris from flying out and things like that. Also, I felt with three quarter inch plywood and the hinges, not that it's so heavy you couldn't pick it up if it was a tri-fold panel, but it would definitely be much more cumbersome. It's already heavy enough carrying around a um, three quarter inch plywood, you know, four by four sheet basically that's folded in half. It's, It's not the the most heavy thing ever for sure i i pick up logs heavier than that but considering the size of them they do become cumbersome a little bit and out here we get afternoon winds almost every day they pick up to the 20 or 30 mile an hour range and carrying that kind of big you know two by four sheet because it's folded in half with an inch and a half thick plywood basically when it's folded in half it becomes cumbersome to say the least, to carry it around, especially like some of the areas I have to be in. I have to carry them a number of hundred of feet to get them to where I want them to be. And then I have to set them up. And when you have two of those, it gets, you know, a little bit heavy. So that's definitely a con to them. They are heavy. Um, The pro is, is that I have them uh, split in half versus threefold. They're just twofold. And that makes it easier to manage them. It also makes them more adjustable. And The four foot height versus the ones you buy online, which are much shorter, is really nice because it really protects debris from flying up. Um, Where I'm at, there's a lot of sandstone and you never know when you're going to hit a piece of rock that's going to bounce off. At least the the unit I use is the Toro um, STX 36, I want to say it is because I rent it, I don't own it, and the front end is kind of angled and sometimes rock and stuff bounces off that and flies up in the air. So that can be a challenge, but that higher, that four foot high guard really stops that. And the great thing is, is because of the thickness and the the mass that they have, the guards don't tend to fall over easily. Um, I've had no instance so far where a piece of stump, and I've had some big chunks of dry stump hit them, 
or a rock hit them that it's knocked them over. Now, you, you know, I try to put them up close when there's windows and stuff around. So sometimes I do hit them with the head and then they'll fall over. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, probably a little less likely to do that if they were a three-fold panel versus just two-fold. But there's no real win-win in, in a perfect situation with this. Great thing about them, though, is that they are uh, an affordable option. I mean, the plywood, I want to say, was 25 bucks, and then the um, maybe 30 and then the hinges were another 20 bucks, and then a few bucks for screws, and about 20 minutes cutting and screwing them together, and they were done, right? So... Um, really, really good product. I, I highly recommend if you do stump grinding with any kind of frequency in residential or commercial areas where you might have vehicles or windows or sensitive property around that you get these things and use them. They're, they're really a, a decent um, option. And, and they're durable. Um, I've hit them with the, the grinding teeth a couple of times so they have little gouges. Never fallen over steel with that. So the cons to them are is that they are more likely to fall over when it's just a two-fold because you have less legs to hold them up. Um, they are somewhat heavy, definitely heavier than the products you're looking at buying online, probably. Um, they, they can warp in the weather, so keep that in mind because they are plywood and that kind of stuff, and then they don't fold as closely together or nest as well or whatever um but you can screw them together if needed so that's a pro they are affordable definite pro they have enough mass to stand up when you accidentally hit them with rock or chunks of stump definitely a pro you can adjust the width of them by nesting them a little bit which is a pro and they're four foot tall which is definitely a pro so the pros, in my opinion, definitely outweigh the cons. Definitely a good product. I've been using mine for months now, and I just totally, totally love them. My customers feel very safe with me using them. I'm not peppering their house or whatever with debris. So um, they like it when I pull them out. They're like, oh, you have, you know, you know, have barriers, which is cool to them. And, um, I mean, you could paint them or whatever. I don't. They're just raw plywood. But you could do that if you wanted to. You could even put logos or whatever on them. So there's a pro to them as well, I guess. And, um, yeah, you can make them from your local department, you know, home goods, um, home improvement store, wherever that might be, or hardware store or whatever. So that's a pro as well. So hope that helps you guys out. Definitely check them out. Check out my video on youtube about them as well i did a very short video showing what they are and the hinges that i have in that video i also have an amazon affiliate link that um directs you to a hinge that you can buy that if you buy it through that affiliate link i get a very small portion of what you buy and that helps me keep the channel and everything going so check that video out as well i'll put the description of that video in both the podcast description and in the youtube uh, podcast video description and you can go check out that other video. So thanks so much, guys. And let's get on to a few things you might want to consider about stump grinding to bid better and also to be safer. And, you know, just what you might want your customers to do as well. So keep that in mind and let's get on with it.
Alright, so with stump grinding, honestly, I kind of go back and forth as to whether or not it's really worth me doing or not. Um, for me personally, it's two reasons. One, I don't own a stump grinder. I just don't have enough people willing out here to pay for stumps to be ground, in my opinion, to justify the cost of a $26,000 machine. Um, and I don't want one of the smaller stump grinders that you have to like manhandle and buck and, and everything. So that brings me to a very key point about stump grinding. If you haven't thought about it, think about this. Stump grinding is an extremely dangerous part of tree service. In fact, for some people, your insurance may charge you more to cover stump grinding. That's what I was told by an insurance agent. He he did a um, an estimate for two different arborist insurance companies for me and one wanted to know if I was going to do stump grinding the other wanted to know but didn't quote a higher price and the one did quote a specific price for a premium but if I did stump grinding the price was going to to go up um and I asked why and they said basically for I guess three reasons in their minds one is that they considered a piece of um equipment that is not hand tools right it's it's not quite heavy equipment but you know what i mean it's it's not just a hand tool um two so they considered it to be dangerous to use um if somebody didn't know how to appropriately use it or it could fly out of control or whatever i guess in their minds two um it throws a lot of stuff everywhere right so if you've ever done stump grinding, you know it throws a lot of stuff. And then three is that you're working potentially underground. And anytime you're working underground, insurance doesn't like that because there's a lot of unforeseen uh, situations that could occur, right? So um, it is dangerous. Let's, it's, that's just the realities of it. It's dangerous. Um, so we take it for granted a little bit. You become more accustomed to stump grinding. You, you don't think about it as much. It's kind of, you know, daily hat kind of stuff. But really, we need to step back and think about what we're doing. It is a very, very dangerous aspect of our work. In fact, it could be potentially almost as dangerous or more so than climbing. So why do I say that? Well, the other day I had a customer who wanted me to take down a cottonwood tree. And this tree like totally boggled me. Um, it wasn't that big. It was probably 20 inches DBH or at, at chest height. And it was maybe only 35 foot tall. And I mean to the very, very tips. So the, the stem or the trunk was only maybe... Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. 
Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. 20 foot tall, 25 foot tall, where it was any kind of sizable wood. And then, of course, the rest were, you know, branches that were secondary or tertiary running out. Um, so she also said, well, I've got a lot of roots in the yard I want chased because they're unleveling the yard. She trips on them, the dog trips on them, different things like that. And they're growing toward the house and she didn't want them to mess with the foundation and different things. And I said, okay, no problem. So I, I gave her a bid and it ended up working out. But here's what I found. So I take down this tree that's only 35 foot max. It may have been 30 foot wide max. It wasn't a huge cottonwood at all, but the root system under this tree was insane. It was as dense and as hefty as a lot of root systems I see on like 60 year old or 80 year old cottons, no joke. Um, I saw roots that were every bit of six inches in diameter, five inches, something like that. And not just one, but multiples running across the yard, like three inches under the ground and all that stuff. And I was chasing these things all over her backyard, okay? Um, I was actually really surprised at how big the roots off this tree were. So I'm sitting there and I'm stump grinding, I'm stump grinding. And of course, I come into contact with very unexpected stuff. Rocks that had grown into the root, which is not maybe that unexpected, but wire because that tree was planted there by a landscaper and they didn't pull the wire out they just cut the wire on the root balls opened it up and then let it go so i'm flinging wire and different things um which i unexpected is relative i know these are situations that you might find but for a lot of people it's stuff that they wouldn't expect to find and the roots cross so much I was cutting roots at one section and then another section and then it was wrapping them up in the head of the stump grinder and flinging them and all this kind of stuff and it was flinging them at contractors equipment and um, tools and I told them that was the case I couldn't use guards because I was on the move constantly chasing these roots and then um, here's what really got me though I was smart enough to ask before I started stump grinding a few days early are there any neighborhood lines running through your yard and she says oh now that you think about it there are there is a gas line here and I was like well that's good to know so I don't know what it's like where you live but where I live I was told that until a few years ago there wasn't a real significant push on standards for a certain depth of like gas line under the ground it was kind of up to the general contractor's decision on how deep he wanted to put it and they're running into gas lines at as high as four inches below surface that's not a whole lot um you could easily hit the ground with a stump grinder and reach four inches real quick so it could be a very, very potential has a high potential for hazard using stump grinders. So one thing to definitely keep in mind is call the locating services here in Colorado. It's eight one one, and they'll come out, they'll check it out, and they'll mark them for you. Don't forget to explain the situation to the house, uh, the homeowner. 
Um, for instance, here in Colorado, you're not supposed to get within 18 in inches on each side or a 36 inch distance total of the marks. And I usually stay a good 20 to 24 away just to make sure. Um, that's because their marking is based on electrical pulses. I understand. I'm not real. I'm not real up to date on how markings are done, but I understand their most modern day ones are the pipes are wrapped in a certain kind of wire with electrical currents, and they have a certain. I guess it's um, uh, frequency or something that they put out, and the marker finds them, and that's how they do it. So definitely look for subterrain um, utilities because like this gas line was one that just ran across like six streets in this, this one line of houses because that's how they crossed the neighborhood. Um, you would have thought, well, maybe it would have been along the line of the road. Nope, just through the back of a yard. Then to come to find out when the phone guy got there, he located the utility. She had a major phone line running through the yard in another place she didn't even know about. So don't just go on the customer's say so. Don't forget to call because I think at least here in Colorado where we live in western Colorado, there is a three-day um, max for the people to come out and mark. And it's up to midnight on the third day just so you know here so call check see what the um, location service says to you and what their expectations of you staying away from the marks and all that stuff are and then here's another thing I didn't realize um, so I used to I used to run a sign installation company for pylons for like gas stations and shopping malls and stuff and we had the utility services come out and mark their their stuff well, where I used to live in the city, they it just seemed that they all contracted the same group of contractors, so it seemed. Because one guy had come out and he'd mark like everything. Water, gas, electric, phone, you know, all that stuff. Um, here it's not that way. Each utility contracts their own guys and then you have to wait for all four guys to come out and mark or whatever. Um, what I didn't realize here though is that on residential properties, you have to pay a private utilities contractor to come out and locate private utilities. So a lot of the houses I deal with have been established for some time, like 30 years or so, and they're not the first owner. They're usually the second or third owner, sometimes fifth owner. And some of them have added garages and this and that and the other. Well, with each of those things, the the varying ages of the homes also the varying quantities of owners of homes um, there's a high potential that they have run extra utilities so you always have irrigation out here you have to be concerned about they don't really locate that you have to kind of guess at it but if there's a shop or a garage there's a possibility that a power line has been run um, phone line possibly plumbing possibly if it's got a bathroom or sinks or whatever in it um, so there's lots of stuff like that that could cost you a lot of money or danger if you don't know about it. So um, I haven't even started doing this, but I'm going to start doing it now that I, I've understood this a little bit better. 
I'm gonna have them have to pay for a private utilities locator to come out and check um, for something things like chasing roots especially if I don't I don't know it's kind of hard because I'm finding that some of the markings are way out of the logic um, I wouldn't have thought that there would have been a, a sewer line right under the juniper tree that's only 12 inches from the house the corner of the house but there was so um, it's it's just weird so I, I'm starting to rethink I used to just kind of guess well there's septic there's the water tap there's the power box surely it would be like within this or that but that's not always the case there could be that they have the one main connection to the house from the box but that box could be a connection point for the main line coming through the neighborhood is what I'm finding out. There's all these little things since I'm not in those industries, I've never been in those industries, I was just kind of taking them for granted. But I'm not gonna do that anymore because there, last thing I wanna do is hit a main power line while stump grinding, that'd be awful. Or gas line or water line. So um, I'm gonna start telling my customers, look, you, you need to call them so many days in advance. They need to come out here and I'm not going to do the work until everything's marked and secured. And you have to pay the cost of whatever it is for the private utilities locator. Out here, the um, contract utility, the main utility companies, they don't charge for the service because it's part of this promotion dig safe thing. Call before you dig, whatever. Locate before you dig. That It's been called in different places, whatever. So keep that in mind. Um, just a suggestion because you could really rack up some major problems if you run into stuff. So the legality here in Colorado that I read in the terms is that if you didn't have it located and you hit it, it's totally on you. Um, somebody that I know told me, so it's hearsay, but just know, um, their friend was digging holes for uh, posts for a deck in his backyard and he was just didn't think there was anything there he was only digging 12 inch holes and he hit a gas line and busted it and um it cost like 10 grand to to have the fire department come out cordon off the area and then have the gas company come out and repair it so um yeah it wasn't cheap so know that now if they marked it and you hit something and it wasn't your fault because you were outside of the the marks then it's on them they have to cover it so um yeah it totally could be worth having all that stuff marked out if you're in neighborhoods that have lots of houses around and if you're not sure for sure where the utilities are and you know you're chasing roots all over the yard definitely keep that in mind so um second off is that you know, when it comes to stump grinding, I still see a lot of guys out there just grinding with like goggles on and earmuffs and I can't tell you what to do and I'm not gonna try to tell you what to do. Um, that's up to you. Um, but I wear a full face shield all the time because I have been hit with some pretty hard stuff. So far I've had, um, what I consider to be basically four major uh, close calls. Um, one was a rock flung back off the side of the head because I use a articulating 
um, hydraulic head and it came back and it missed me like shoulder height by maybe six inches and it was sizable rock um well five instances then i had a like inch and a quarter utility um conduit coupler like a wall anchor holder or ceiling hanger that i have no idea where it came from it was it, the trunk had grown up around it and it flung it and it like bounced off my helmet um that would have hurt pretty bad if i hadn't had a helmet or a, a face shield on um then i had a dry uh, an old rotted stump had been rotted for like oh i don't know probably a good 15 years it was decaying everywhere and it was hard so it wasn't shredding off it was just peeling off in chunks and a big chunk of that like this big came and hit me in the directly in the face shield and it really rattled me it almost knocked my helmet off and it, i mean I, I was seeing stars there for a little bit with that and then one day i was doing a big job i think i ended up grinding like 18 or 20 stumps for this person and the smallest was like 20 inches in diameter to the biggest being like 13 feet in diameter. And a couple of the stumps were over in this old play area where they had old um, kids jungle gym set that was made out of like timbers and wood and, and metal posts. And the rungs of the ladder to climb up had decayed off and fallen. And I didn't know one was in the sand under the the thing and I was grinding the stump and then all of a sudden I hear this thump and then a like 14 inch pipe or tube that had been flattened on the ends to bolt it through comes flying past my head um, within a few inches literally like maybe four inches of my helmet so um, yeah I mean those are all you know unknowns under the ground that you might run into or hit or whatever but the fifth thing that I've had happen a couple of times is I've had this machine hit something underground like another root sometimes it's just bigger than what I expected and I it dug in too deep because I didn't expect that big chunk of meat to be there and the thing back it bounces back on me and that's you know it, it's very cumbersome because it's on tracks the one that I use is and it doesn't have any suspension of course because it has to be planted and it rocks back and it like hits me in the waist or chest and it's like dang that really hurt and it almost knocks you down um trying to get up hills with them there i've had them start to tip back on me because the hill was too steep even trying to go at an angle to get to a stump it starts to want to tip over and i've had to finagle it like that or I've gone over what I didn't think was a big root or a rock and then because it's a track it, it bucks up real high and then it slams down in the front real bad. Um, so you know all of that when so the, the Toro at least it's not like a mini skid you're not actually standing on a platform you're literally walking on the ground behind it so the problem is is when it moves you don't always move back when it's rocking back at you so it can catch you in the legs and kind of hyper extend your knees if you're not careful um so that's a challenge with them uh and then of course you know just trying to work close to buildings and stuff you don't want to hit the building or the fence or whatever with uh, the head so um 
Yeah, I think that when you're using stump grinders, at least for me, it's a really good idea to, um, I, I've actually just started bidding like I was going to climb for the day. I know some people do by the inch. I found that that's a, a very, um, at least for me, it's not foolproof by any means because if I go by the inch and it's a 13 foot stump, it gets to be a huge cost and that's not uncommon for me out here um, because I go by where the the stump the go the stump goes into the ground and then 12 inches out from where the dirt touches the the wood the bark on the root flare um, and I can easily get 13 15 18 foot in diameter out here because we have all these cottonwoods that are plains cottonwoods and elms, willows that are, you know, ancient. Um, and these things have huge, I mean, one willow I, I quoted the stump was every bit of 22 feet in diameter. And, at, you know, three bucks an inch or whatever a lot of guys are doing. Some guys are up to five and a half dollars an inch. It gets really expensive. So I found that that wasn't really practical. Um, for a lot, I've started winning more stump grinding bids, not going by inch, but bidding myself a day rate as a climber, and then the cost of the the um, the stump grinder. That that's what I do. Um, and for small stumps, that's not effective at all. It, it becomes really costly. And people don't want to pay it, which is fine. I don't really want to do stumps, to be honest, a whole lot. Um, uh, and the big stumps, it gives me a heads up, uh, an edge in some cases. So that system isn't foolproof either. Renting a stump grinder, definitely not foolproof. I mean, I could go get like a Vermeer or a Toro that's one of the, you know, rigid ones with the small head on the front and you dip it down into the ground and you lower it by the handlebars. Um, they're cumbersome and I think they're dangerous. I've seen some videos of those things bouncing like two feet in the air, the wheels, but the front end bounces way back. If you don't control it real well or if it snags on something, um, I tend not to use those very much because I don't feel that they're that safe. I know a lot of people have them. If you're doing really small stumps, then fine. But if it's over like, I don't know, eight inches. I don't like doing those kind of stumps with or using those kind of stump grinders, but that's a personal preference. So I would find something that works for you. Um, I don't know how guys are bidding in your area, but I do know that that's what a lot of people out here are doing is by the inch. I just find that that for big stumps is not real practical. Some of them have a sliding scale. If it's smaller, it's five and a half. If it's a bigger one, it's like $2 and 25 cents an inch. That's too much for me to keep up with. That's complicated. If I'm willing to climb a tree for a certain price per day and do the saw work and everything with it, then I'm willing to run a stump grinder for that same price all day long if I have to. That's just my theory on it. But you guys can figure out what you want to do. But I'm definitely making sure that I wear, you know, good, like I wear um, composite toe boots when I'm doing groundwork not still toe anymore just because of weight and comfort and things. Um, by the way, I love the uh, Timberland Pro boots. I'll, I'll do a review on those, love those things. But yeah, um, with stump grinding, 
I, I definitely am looking at a number of factors. So let's go over some of the factors I'm looking at. What is the potential of utilities in their yard? If it's way out in a, a property and they're the owner of acres and acres, there's less likelihood of crossing utilities. Not that it's impossible, but less likelihood. How reasonable is the terrain to manage a stump grinder on it? I mean, seriously, is it really steep hills that are hard to get the stump grinder up without it rolling over or kicking back on you? Is there a lot of rock that's exposed and potentially going to damage it or the tracks? Because sometimes that the, the sandstone rock out here at least or really deep sand will walk the tracks off the, the Toro stump grinder if you try to turn too hard or whatever. Um, is there a lot of loose stuff that's going to fly up when I'm using the stump grinder? Is it really close proximity to structures and windows and vehicles and people um, that's always a concern for me and then do I have to set up barriers every time and then the just size of it what am I getting into also what was there before so sometimes there was something there that you didn't know about and now the tree has just kept growing and growing and like in the instance of that playground there was a playground. I knew about it. I just didn't think about a ladder rung possibly being there, right? So there's that. And then there's also issues or situations where there could be old anchor bolts or foundation pieces. Um, try to get as much information about where you're grinding at and what you might run into. And when in doubt, make sure that the um, client definitely gets the utilities marked so that they can uh, you can do that safely so hope that helps you guys be safer oh don't forget your safety equipment i always wear gloves those things get rough on your hands with time and then i always wear my um i wear a, a protos fanner helmet um or a fanner protos helmet sorry and it has the face shield and the earmuffs and i wear safety glasses under there Always use that and then my my composite toe boots. And then make sure that you guys have the utilities marked private and commercial utilities. And um, figure out what the best bidding system is, where whether it be per inch or by the day. So hope that helps you guys have a better idea of what you might want to look for when you're bidding your um, stump grinding. Never underestimate the danger of what we're doing with stump grinders. It's not a safe thing it's just we manage it well or at least we hope we do so don't ever get complacent with it and i hope this episode helps you guys out thanks for stopping by and checking it out don't forget to check out my instagram which is at eric e-r-i-c underscore m-c-g-r-e-w you can also check out my youtube channel um, i'll have a link in the description and both the uh, podcast description and the YouTube video uh, podcast description. And don't forget to check out that other video that I mentioned about my um, stump grinder guards, the DIY ones that I made, and any of my uh, Amazon affiliate links. Check those out as well. So thanks, guys. Thanks for stopping by and listening to me. Hope it was helpful. Don't forget to comment. Let me know what you think. Is there a topic you'd like me to cover? What do you think about the topics I'm covering? And is there any experience that you've had in tree work that you think you would like to share with others? That'd be cool to know about. So thanks, and I will see you in the next one.
Take care.